This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 134. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 134 we do Movie Club. Challenge Teapot's January 2019. But this is Movie Club, the listener reviews. So a couple of weeks ago I put out your challenge. It was nice and simple. All I asked you to do was tell me what your worst watch, your worst movie experience of 2018 was. Now it could be a title from 2018 or it could be a title that you were watching for the first time in 2018. The key factor was you watched it in the year of our Lord 2018 and it was the worst movie you'd seen. So all you had to do was send me a review, tell me why it was the worst movie and I also threw a little little sweetness in there, a little bit of spice just to entice you to submit a little bit more than you usually do. Um, my favourite review now, it could be the one that makes me laugh the most, it could be the one that makes me want to check the movie out the most, it could be for a multitude of different reasons, but the best review, in my humble opinion, will receive a special gift. They will get a Bazoween enamel pin, and we will find out who won said pin after we have read out those reviews in the next segment. But before we get to that, before we get to that, let's hold, hold the bus. Let's put it in park for a second, let's just take a second chill out a little bit because this is your second of what will probably most likely now be four episodes this week originally it was going to be three um but i am going to see a little horror movie this weekend um well friday tomorrow actually uh which um will make its review on saturday so on monday you got a little bit in reverence uh today you're getting a little bit of movie club tomorrow you are going to get nothing, because it's Friday. Saturday, you're going to get Escape Room, the review. That's right, reviewing it. Going to an advanced screening of it tomorrow. So we'll be doing a review of it on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we will be putting out the next instalment of our 88 Films Italian Collection series, looking at Beyond the Darkness by Joe D'Amato. So that will roll out this week. Feels good, feels good. Nice contained week uh, of podcasting. But it doesn't stop there. Monday, we are coming out fucking swinging. John Carpenter January. That's right, I'm doing a special episode. I have two fantastic guests lined up and I'm going to talk about two John Carpenter movies that, to be honest, on Podcasts Under the Stairs will never properly get a review because they don't really qualify as horror movies even though they're directed by the great man himself. So, I will be reviewing on that episode two of my all-time favourite Carpenter classics that I say are not necessarily horror but I can't wait to fucking review them. Uh, a long time coming for these two movies. Your John Carpenter's January will feature reviews of Assault on Precinct 13 and Big Trouble in Little China. I've picked two guests that will absolutely fucking kill those reviews with me and that episode drops on 
Monday. Then, if all that wasn't enough, ladies and gents, we will close out this month in style uh, with a very special roundup of the the month of January. We're going to look back over what came out, um, what rocked my world, what maybe didn't rock my world. The big news that has landed in the month of January and sum up some other stuff. If I have time, I have a planned episode to squeeze in on the Wednesday. We'll wait and see if that happens. If it doesn't, it will happen on the Friday where I'll be reviewing the new Nicholas Pesci movie called Piercing, which I watched last week and thoroughly enjoyed. That director was the one that did Eyes of My Mother. And guess what? That director is going to be doing the new Grudge movie coming later on this year. And I, for one, cannot fucking wait. So there we go. A plethora of fucking awesome content coming. This is 2019, bitches. We have got so much shit to deliver your way. And if you think January was that, you ain't seen nothing yet. February may have less days. But I tell you right now, the podcast quality is about to go through the motherfucking roof. Alright, let's do a little break here. I want to get into what you guys had to say. You're sick of hearing me, so let's do this shit. We're going to take a break right now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear some music when we return. It is your worst movie experiences of 2018 as delivered by the listeners to the podcast Under the Stairs as part of Challenge Teapot's January 2019 Movie Club. All that and more coming right up right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow.
share the misery let's share the fucking misery this is going to be bitching yep movie club was really simple this month all I asked you to do is tell me what was the worst movie you saw in 2018 and that can be a movie from 2018 it could have been an even older movie than that but you must have seen it in 2018 and tell me why so let's kick right into this one of the first ones that came in from our good buddy George Cookman Cook he says one of my worst views of 2018 is some kind of hate from 2015 it wasn't technically the worst but stuck in my mind for all the wrong reasons a bullied teen is sent to a re-education centre in the desert for defending himself. Yes, already it makes no fucking sense. And during his stay, he manages to conjure the spirit of Moira, a previous young offender who killed herself while there. Okay, so that's the gist of the movie, which begs the question, why name your evil spirit Moira? That's not a scary name. I have an anti Moira. Could be worse, it could have been Senga. I'll let you know, George, my mum's name's Moira. So there we go, I'm with you on this one. Although my mum has a temper on her, and we'll say no more about that. Um, here we go, this is what he goes on to say. Okay, now on to my main beef with this movie. Moira was a self-harmer, and she kills you by cutting herself, which also cuts you. Is it just me, or is that not incredibly distasteful? I'm a huge horror fan, and nothing really offends me, but this left a bad taste in my mouth, almost on par with Bazzi's special shots. Um, the makers of this movie were very heavy-handedly trying to say something profound about bullying, but failed miserably due to the lack of any talent on their end. To summarise, we have a mildly offensive, poorly active horror with a stupidly named killer who self-harms you to death. At least the gore is good. Thank you very much for that, George. I'm going to assume you gave that a 0 out of 5. You didn't give me a grade. I need those grades, peeps. I need those grades. But thank you very much for submitting that. And let's swing it to another one from Facebook. This one came in from our buddy, Tony Case. He says, Greetings, Duncan, you magnificent bastard. As you know, working through the video nasties affords one a plethora of bad movies to choose from. A veritable orchard of low-hanging fruit, if you will. So, my worst of 2018 could include legitimately awful movies like Snuff, SS Experiment Camp, Frozen Scream, or Revenge of the Boogeyman. But that is way too easy. Oh no, the movie I've chosen makes all of those look like Citizen fucking Kane in comparison. 2015's Night of the Living Dead, starring Mariah Thier and Michael Cassidy. 
Imagine if you took Shaun of the Dead and surgically removed all the charm and the wit and goofy fun and replaced all of that with an annoyingly stupid character doing annoyingly stupid things. It does nothing new with the comedy zombie presence. All the jokes land with a thud and I desperately wished I could reach into the TV and punch Deb in her fucking face by the end of the opening scene. But hey, at least the movie is in focus and the characters are in frame and while speaking, so there's that I guess. As for the grade, I give this a 5 out of 5, but only if you're streaming from the Mirror Mirror universe where Netflix has an evil Spock goatee. I've already have Bazzy's head winging its way to me and to profoundly wear on my chest, so if you uh, have a stroke in the next couple of days, by some miracle, determine me to be the winner, I gladly vacate the prize to someone else. I've never seen Night of the Living Deb. I remember seeing bits of it being advertised back in 2015, Tony, and um, at that point I was like that. This is a hard pass from this guy, uh, so thank you very much for submitting that in. I like your sarcastic alternative universe grade as well. That's something I can get behind. Thank you very much. That was from Tony Case. And his movie was uh, Night of the Living Deb. That's a shit name, isn't it? Shite name. Let's keep this party train running. This one comes in from Robert Mill and he says, Duncan, you're a cruel, cruel man. I know you think you're having a bit of fun giving us listeners to send in some funny reviews about some bad movies, but you don't know the emotional trauma I've been through this year. Only those that were there in the trenches can understand the horrors of watching Clown Hunt. I would rather be trapped in eternity in a hallway with a banana-headed killer from Science Crazed than watch Clown Hunt again. Imagine, if you will, a world in which the hunting and systematic killing of clowns is not only legal but regulated in a way where certain types of clowns can only be killed in certain seasons. It's summer, sorry, can't kill any sad clowns right now, you'll have to wait till they're in season. The hunters are all portrayed like they were Leatherface's dumber cousins, and the clowns are presented like they're not humans but beasts. At least until one of the hunters turns out to be a secret clown, which I'm sure is supposed to be a metaphor, but fuck if I care. There are also a rare special clown named Willie who goes around raping and killing all the hunters in the middle of the night. This is the entire movie. It's not smart. It's not funny because clowns aren't funny. It's 70 minutes of mind-numbing torture, all predicated on a single joke. I hope every person involved with this picture was subsequently punched in their face because of it. On the Netflix scale, I give it a solid zero not interested. The rating below one star you would give films when you want to banish them from your site forever. Heck, I'd go as far as to say I'd consider cancelling my Netflix subscription if this movie was on their service. Ooh, ooh, Rob, I love that review. That sounds like a truly, truly, truly awful movie. Let's see if someone watched anything worse. Right, this is what I love to call the short but sweet movie review. This is one that gets right to the point, pulls no fucking punches and tells you exactly what you want, concisely and to the point. This is from my buddy Steve Norwood. He says, um, Can Evernall's housewife, which demolishes all the goodwill that the amazing Baskin built up. 
it is dull, awkwardly acted, poorly written and seized by screenplay conveniences and contrivances. It's hard not to be bored by it. No stars. Thank you very much, Steve. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Housewife at all. I liked the look of it. Um, and I liked the end of it. I thought the end was kind of bitching. Like, the guy has no issues ending a film. Um, but the journey up to that was long. And it's a short movie. It's about an hour an hour and a half, I think. And it felt like a two and a half hour movie. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what happened with that one at all. It kind of felt like a horror short that maybe just ended up getting elongated. I don't know. So I'm with you on that one. I wouldn't give it no stars. I'd give it more than that. But I'm glad that you went in. You sunk your point in nice and concise and right to the fucking point. Housewife, Steve awards you no stars. May God have mercy on your soul. And let's take a look. Let's continue. The hate train is a rolling, ladies and gents. From Mike Patterson, he says, Que pasa, teapots? I'm going to kind of cheat with this month's movie club in that I have no must give a dual review of the two worst movies I saw in 2018. Neither were released last year, but both were in my first time viewings courtesy of Kino Lorba and their stellar yet sometimes questionable film library. The first is They're Playing With Fire. How? Oh, how does a film starring Sybil Danning's breasts and co-starring Sybil Danning manage to be boring, unsexy and look like a TV movie with nudity and be a murder mystery with no mystery whatsoever? This one figures out handily. Watching this movie proves that incompetence is no accident. It's intentional. We get a male lead who looks, acts and sounds like puberty is still a few years away a theme song that is an earworm in all the worst ways. Incredibly inanimate sex. A slasher that doesn't do any creative kills. And an oiled up Sybil Danning who looks bored. On the other hand, Night Angel is just as bad. But so much more entertaining. This isn't incompetent filmmaking, it's pure insanity. Highlights include an instant demonic seduction. A body double with a completely different body type, beer bottle fellatio, an unintelligible villainess, magically wise elder black woman, a young Doug Jones looking like Screech, a nightclub nightclub seduction dance that resembles a seizure, acid tripping to hell, young Doug Jones breakdancing, kneecap amputation, Karen Black outdoing Karen Black, a threesome where the third doesn't realise she's the third then dies horribly. Young Doug Jones in love, amazingly early 80s fashion for a film made in the 80s. Even more inanimate sex, young Doug Jones killing in the name of love. In the name of love. Workplace orgies, young Doug Jones taking down the actor that played Johnny Cage, the power, the power of love, and an end song by Screaming Jay Hawkins. This movie is so, so bad, yet it's wrong in all the right ways. It might be my pieces or I may have drunk as shit. I'm not entirely sure on that last part. As it stands, Night Angel gets five stars, I think. Yes? And They're Playing With Fire gets one out of five stars. There we go. Two movies now on my radar, sir, Mike. I uh, 
you can't just be dropping pieces in and Doug Jones and Karen Black and all that shit and then not want me to check out Night Angel. That movie sounds a lot so I can't wait to check that bad boy out. Thank you very much for sending your review in. Or reviews. Thanks for sending your reviews in. So let's jump on to Jamie Miskell. She says... Oh, my ultimate god-awful movie of 2018 was 2011's Famine. Little background, I watched this movie because my husband was doing a podcast and I always watch the movie with him so I can help him with his notes. This steaming pile of dog crap has got to be the worst thing I have ever watched. And I have seen Yellow Brick Road. Acting is horrendous and the plot is so ridiculous and the story just jumps all over the place. The high school name is Sloppy Second High. You are fucking joking, Jamie. It's called Sloppy Second High. <laughs> oh, dear. And I kid you not, there was a scene where an Asian guy fucks a snake cake. Yes, you read that right. Oh, and one of the characters is named Mr. Balzac. Yep, that's the right and gold this movie has. The only thing I could think was they were trying to do a super campy horror film. Well, all I have to say is, where's Jason when you need him? This movie gets a big fat zero. Fuck this movie. I want my hour and 17 minutes of my life back. Thank you very much for submitting that one, Jamie. Uh, I might actually skip that one. Famine does not sound like the sort of movie this guy wants to be watching. Right, let's swing it over to our buddy David Garrett Jr. He says, Hello Duncan, when I listened to the show that explained what this month's movie club was, I had to pull up my spreadsheet and see what the worst film I watched was. There was a lot of contenders, but actually something I watched during December was rated the lowest of any film I'd seen. The film I selected for this month's movie club is The Elf from 2017. As someone who's always wanted to be a writer growing up, the story of films is what really sucks me in. What really started to bother me for The Elf was that the story had an interesting idea, but it was poorly executed. I had no idea what was going on, and and it wasn't until I read the synopsis after seeing the film that it did fill out some of the gaps. I honestly think the story wasn't developed in the writing stage and they just kind of winged it. The next issue is a movie is filmed in New Mexico where it has a desert climate. The film tells us there is a snowstorm coming. <laughs> I can already see where this is going. <laughs> Which with supernatural things and if the conditions are right is actually possible. We see the blizzard hit yet there isn't snow on the ground. There's a snowman sitting on the grass. Oh, sorry, I'm smiling when I read this. There's a snowman sitting on the grass and some of the cars are covered yet only in certain places. Plus one of the main characters literally is dressed in clothes fitting the actual weathers while the others are bundled up. This brings me to characters that aren't fleshed out enough for me to care what happens to them. The doll and the film look cheesy which doesn't help. When they reveal the twist and the backstory I'd already lost interest which is a cardinal sin for me. It's mind boggling to me that this film has a sequel now as well. With that said, I'm a glutton for punishment and I'll probably watch it. This was my lowest rated film of all the things I saw last year, getting 1 out of 5 on the Netflix scale. I look forward to seeing what your other listeners have on their choices as well as more great content 
from this year. So I am bringing that great content and I will be bringing it to your uh, devices. So I don't know why I've all of a sudden become Foghorn Linkhorn, but I say, I say, I say, boy, thank you very much for sending that in to me. David Garrett Jr. Always great to hear from you, buddy. You're like one of those ones where I'm like that. I don't need to worry if not everyone writes in. David Garrett's got my back and that's all I need to say about that. Okay, let's switch over to our good buddy here. We're going to do a little bit of Don and Nelly. He says, for this new challenge and to make up for the mistake in the last one where I accidentally edited out the double bill of Deep Rising before sending it, the worst film of 2018 was the film Mama Spirit. This may rank as the worst film of all time as its incompetence is truly astounding. Dialogue scenes that go around in circles because it's improvised, points are repeated several times in the conversation as if they forgot the subject and they were just having to keep going and it's drowned out by the low battery signal from the camera beeping out several times during the course of the film. Did that actually happen or are you just being sarcastic? It sounds horrible. On top of all that, the lack of budget means the scares here are devoted solely to the characters remarking that doors, oh no, that doors were originally closed but are now open as there's no ghost, no blood, no gore or even jump scares, compounding the issue of the lame story that details a woman so upset her son is dating a woman that is distracting him from playing basketball practice and she ends up dying of rage over the incident that's extremely laughable. Oh. Wasn't ready for that. It barely runs over an hour and feels three times longer as you watch these amateurs attempting to remember their lines and going through the motions of trying to be scared over this exceptionally weak and lifeless genre effort. You couldn't surprise me at all if you said this was filmed in less than a week with a budget of about a thousand US dollars and just has no redeeming values of any kind. It re-evaluates your rating system of bad and letting any of the director's friends, I refuse to call them actors anywhere near this project in the future, should be classed as a war crime. This is proof that just because you can assemble 70 minutes of footage together doesn't mean we should support indie cinema in every aspect because you'll end up with something like this. Um, I give this a zero. Fuck this movie. Um, on the Netflix scale. Thank you very much for submitting that in, Mr. Don Anelli. That does sound like a truly horrendous movie, although I will be honest there, I did crack up just a little bit when reading that synopsis. It sounds so bad. So, so, so bad. Okay, we ready. This one's lengthy. It's coming in from our good buddy Tim Walker. I already knew what Tim's was going to be before it came in and I would love to see I can share them I just don't have the same hatred for the movie that you've picked here I don't think it's a particularly great movie and I think it certainly is overhyped uh, but it really annoyed Tim so let's let's cosy yourself in cosy yourself in and plus if you've been on the Facebook page you knew this one was coming for a while because he ain't hid this he's been upfront and honest wore it on his sleeve the works he says hello Duncan and the teapots people well alright it's time to let my hate flag fly. You thought the review of Cabin in the Woods or The Cottage was negative? Those were love letters to those films compared to Tragedy Girls. I've seen thousands and thousands, probably tens of thousands of horror films over the years and with almost everyone that I don't like when the credits roll, I'm done with it. 
I normally forget about the bad ones. I couldn't even remember why I didn't like them a couple of hours later. I really do try to focus on with the positive. Every now and then though, I get one that really leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth. And then there's Tragedy Girls. I really didn't think I could even get through it. Almost as soon as the two lead characters opened their mouths, I knew I would hate this movie. I had no idea how much. Could there possibly be two characters more obnoxious in any other movie? Smug, smarmy, know-all, overprivileged little shits who think their own they own the world and every human being they run into are just toys for them to play with. Dear God. In addition to that, I got the distinct impression, whether the filmmakers intended it or not, that the movie was asking me to be on their side. What the fuck? Like I'm supposed to care when they had a little argument at cheerleader practice? Their music got all dramatic? Could this be the end of their friendship? I literally yelled out, fuck off! Oh. Steam that was practically coming out my ears. Terrible characters, bad jokes, even if it was even that the way they were going for, and cringe-worthy dialogue. The scene where one of the girls pretended to cry to fool the serial killer guy was the worst. My eyes rolled so hard I thought I could see the back of my head. Oi. People like this movie, apparently. Well, no matter. If everyone shared my opinion, I wouldn't feel any different. This movie was almost literally painful for me to watch. Now, I know the movie's defenders will have some sort of excuse or another to tell me I didn't get it because blah blah blah. I don't care. The movie failed for me, okay? I vowed never to watch it again and I mean it. I'll watch almost anything a second time, but this is how much I hated it. There is literally no chance that it will ever improve for me. Everything the movie was going for didn't work for me. I'm sure they were probably trying to make some hard-hitting statement about social media or something. I probably stand alone on this, even when people ask me, uh, or even when even with people who dislike the movie, but I felt that they were capitalising on the current demonisation of millennials by demonising them even more. The way I look at it, just because kids or other people spend a lot of time on their phones doesn't mean they don't have any value to human life. I'm not a millennial myself, but I don't have much patience with kids these days arguments. If you like the movie, knock yourself out. If ever there was a movie that was really, really not for me, it's Tragedy Girls. It immediately became my all-time least favourite movie. Not just my least favourite movie of 2018, but my least favourite horror film. I'd rather go and see a Yui Bo film festival than ever watch this one again. I'd rather floss with a double-edged razor blade than give this one a second try. I wish I could have reached into the TV and strangled those lead characters. If I could curb stomp a movie, it'd be this one. If I could bash the movie like that guy with the fire extinguisher and irreversible, I would. For anyone wanting to lecture me about the deep meaning of the film and how I didn't get his brilliance or whatever, save your breath. I don't give a fuck. Never watching it again, okay? Some movies that just don't work for some people, and this movie really didn't work for me. No one will ever get me to enjoy this film or get me to watch it again. It's my new code word for movies I hate with a vicious passion. I'll say something like, I didn't like it, but it's no tragedy girls or anything. Or, 
I was getting a bit annoyed, but at least it wasn't tragedy, girls. I really have said that, and that is no exaggeration. Obviously, after all that, my classic Netflix or current letterbox rating would be as low as possible. Fuck this movie. Can I change that to curb stomp this movie, Duncan? Okay, that felt good to get in my system. Just imagine yourself curb stomping your least favourite movie. Do it. You know you want to. See, doesn't that feel better? Take care, Duncan, and the teapots folk. Tim. Thank you very much for that, Tim. Yeah, I knew that one was coming. And you've been promising that one for a while. I knew that was coming. I don't really like the movie. I just don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I I see where you're coming from in a lot of respects. It just didn't offend me. I, I don't. You know, as you know, you know when you were saying that there's certain movies you watch and um, you kind of forget about why they annoy you after what. That was that sort of movie for me. I watched it. I thought you clearly want to be the Heather's. You're clearly not the Heather's. Um, and yeah. Uh, Anton Yelchin, you're better than this. Um, so there we go. Right, let's jump on to the next one. This one is from our good buddy Raphael. He says, Hello, teapots folk. Raphael, your wait. Please don't skip ahead. I thrive on attention. Attention and inflicting my opinions on others. After all, opinions are like STDs. If you keep them to yourself, you're missing out on a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, late arrivals will not be seated during the thrilling search for a vehicle's identification number scene. For my own worst watch of 2018, I've settled on The Being from 1983, still on Amazon Prime. Probably the worst thing out of I.O. uh, after the Aryan Nations. I jest, of course. A cop investigates the disappearances of townsfolk who are actually the victims of a humanoid monster mutant by nuclear waste seeping into the water supply. The next town over got off easy. They just have to deal with the frogs turning gay. The goddamn frogs are turning gay! <laughs> Dear, <laughs> Alex Jones just took over my soul. So what really makes The Being a poor movie for me is its disjointed plot. Some scenes are great, and kept me in the story, but others were at place. For example, there's a subplot about a woman searching for her presumed lost son who was actually the first on-screen kill. But that reveal was made too late to prevent my confusion from her previous scenes. Then there was a dream sequence that looked like repurposed footage from the original climax that was replaced. Also, the monster had this cool ability to become liquid, seeping into a closed car to kill a couple at a drive-in in the film's best attack scene. But that mechanic was underused by the rest of the movie. Additionally, the monster clearly went through a redesign. The movie starts out only showing jelly-covered monster arms and quickly or obstructed shots of other body parts that indicate a monster suit or puppet that was obviously different from the one used towards the end. My guess is that they planned the film influenced by Alien, but then the thing, then they realised the being was in production. In all, I'd give the being a 2 out of 5. I could uh, opine more, but don't really want to get started on The Dead Zone, which was runner-up. But let's move on to the rest of the fine reviews from the even finer folks. Thanks for reading, Duncan. Never heard of The Being before. Never heard of this movie before. This one is a new one for me. See, when I was reading that out, I thought Brandstow's going to fucking love this movie. Like, literally, literally love this movie. If ever there was a Randall's movie, this is a Randall movie. 
So there we go. So let's move on to our next one. This one comes in from our buddy PC. PC says, Hi Duncan, this is my first comment to you. I've been an anonymous listener since doing the nasty, but wanted you to know my worst movie in 2018. But first, you need to have some background to understand why this is the worst movie. When I married my wife five years ago, she did not like horror movies and was also scared by those horror movie fans. They are most likely as bad as the movies they see. So of course, she did not like my favourite category of films. A couple years ago, we saw Reservoir Dogs by Tarantino, which, with the result that she did not like to see the torture and it went over to bed. Not long after she borrowed American Horror Stories from the library and wanted to see this with me, resulting in a positive trend. So we now have seen an excellent movie as Babadook, Neon Demon, Revenge, Get Out, etc. That is what you call a fucking run of movies, ladies and gents. Listen to that again. The Babadook, Neon Demon, Revenge and Get Out. That is a fucking good time. Anyway, back to the review. She even found Incident in a Ghostland and A Quiet Place for us to watch in 2018. By the way, A Quiet Place dubbed to the Russian language and asking if I understood it. She has started to like these movies now. We can even see garbage such as Sand Shark and Snow Shark and laugh at it. She made me see Truth or Dare. My expectations were below zero after listening to your comments, resulting that it was just an average film. Comparing my movie to Truth or Dare, the last mentioned film is a Oscar winning movie compared to the garbage film I filmed for my family. I also try to get our teenage children interested in horror movies. I mostly succeeded with my son but my daughter's a bit more difficult. She accidentally started to see Truth or Dare and was scared shitless within 10 minutes, turned off the movie and couldn't sleep. Although she does love zombie flicks and our favourite movie is Train to Busan, but let me add, both children hated Planet Terror. My failure last July, uh, and it, I brought in a disaster movie for less than a pound. My wife asked to see it um, last fall, but I told her that it was a Christmas movie, so we should wait. I did. this will be a great family movie for us all. So I wanted to continue this good trend for a horror-loving family. Now I can tolerate a lot of bad movies and I managed to forget about them, but there's always a but. I could have waited seven more hours and I would have said there is no worse movie in 2018. So in my stupidity I suggested that we should see a movie before the end of the year. I know this where this is going already. Uh, before the end of the year, resulting in that I turned on my Blu-ray of Krampus the Christmas Devil at 5 o'clock on the 31st of December 2018. My God, I will be reminded about this from my family until my death. I understood my mistake before the titles appear. The sound was horrible, a flat sound and continuously background noise. The filming was annoyable and shaking and trembling picture partly unfocused. And this was before the movie title appeared. This movie is a drag, a hopeless plot, Krampus and St Nicholas costumes are horrible. The actors are talentless, lots of plot holes, and so it goes on. While the movie goes on, I'm getting really bored and I can feel the hate from my family. They started to look at me annoyed, then really sour, and ended up in hate. 
I'm pretty sure my daughter will kill me by the end of this movie. This is the worst film of 2018 because no other movie has made my family hate me. Ever. I could have waited seven more hours. I would have not had suggested the worst movie of 2018, but no, I had to put on this garbage. The result is that I am banned from suggesting movies for the family at the moment. I tried to suggest to my wife that we could pick up a movie from the excellent movie library yesterday, but nope. Not after the 31st of December was the answer. She found Pet Cemetery for us on a streaming service today. So today was also the same answer. Nope, not today. The Netflix grade for this movie should be zero stars. Fuck this movie. I have never owned a bad movie. Only some not so excellent movies. Now my collection is contaminated with this garbage and I can't throw it away because it's contaminated material so the government will prosecute me for environmental crimes if it goes in the garbage. I've gotten permission to buy some more movies now after I pointed to the teapots top 20 movies of 2018. So Mandy and mum and dad are in the mail now. I hope my family will forgive me for this mistake and that mum and dad can be the new family building movie for us. This will most likely be a cosy family movie. Or I've just found the unopened DVD with House of the Dead, <gasps> a zombie flick. So this may save my day now for my zombie loving family. Keep up the good work and hopefully I will next year send you a list of my top 5 movies from 2019 and no worse movies from 2019. Cheers PC. There we go, there we go. Thank you very much for sending that in, my good buddy PC. Great to hear from you for the first time. This is like super, super cool. I always like it when um, listeners reach out to me. And if you've been listening to Doing the Nasty or since Doing the Nasty, then you sort of are an old, old, old school listener because we stopped recording Doing the Nasty just over three years ago. So kind of awesome, kind of bitching. Right, we have one more left, one more left. And of course, it's an audio one and it comes in from a good buddy, Lee Russell. After Lee's review, I will announce who wins the Bazawin pin. Uh, let's see what Lee made of his movie. Okay, Duncan, we're back for another movie club. Lee here. And you want to hear all about the worst movie we saw in 2018. Doesn't have to be from 2018 just has to be a movie we saw for the first time in 2018. Well, I managed to find a movie from 2018 that ended up being the worst movie I saw last year. And, oh boy, strap in. Got myself some Laphroaig quarter cask here. And I'm going to need a little bit of it to remember this shit. So, we're going to talk about a little movie called... Day of the Dead Bloodline. So I'm not the sort of person who shits on remakes and reboots um, right out of the gate. There have been countless great examples of remakes, reboots, reworkings, etc. Day of the Dead Bloodline is not one of these. In fact, it's worse than the first Day of the Dead remake from 2008. If you recall that one with uh, Mina Savari or whatever her fucking name is. Um, and a bunch of flipping zombies that jump around, and yeah, it, it sucked. Um, that was one of the most wrong-headed, misguided abortions of a zombie film one could 
really dream of at the time, I think, because we were still sort of in the prime little decade of the sort of zombie resurgence where there were still really good movies being made, and then that fucking thing came along. Well, move over. Uh, This film, directed by someone called Hector Hernandez Vicens, um, he had a first effort. I looked this up, and... It was called The Corpse of Anna Fritz, and it's a film about a hospital caretaker and his friends basically fucking the corpse of a famous actress after it shows up at the hospital. Now, discovering this, it became very, very clear why a specific element pops up in this film that we'll get to shortly. Um, Let's just preface it by saying it feels like Romero's body wasn't even cold before they decided to rape his corpse in this film. Now, not to get off on a tangent here, not to sort of harp on a theme, uh, but forget the rest of the film. It's shit. It's basic, boring shit with bad acting, uninspired action, and most of its money is dumped into the effects, which aren't all that great. And most notably, um, other than this specific element we're going to get to, this is a film where the strong female lead of the original film... It's still a lead here, but she's not strong at all. She's constantly running around, being a victim, and her bad decisions get dozens of people killed in this movie. Undoes everything with, uh, what's her name, Laurie Cardinale's um, character in the original Day of the Dead. But let's keep on the rape, shall we? Let's go back to that, okay? That's that's just great. Let's, let's go back to the rape. Remember Bub? Hiya, Bub. Sweet. Lovable bub, yes, you know, you feed him some soldier guts, uh, you put some headphones on him, turn on the Walkman, all's well in Zombieland, everybody's happy. Bub's dancing around, he's reading books, he's learning how to shoot a gun, everything's peachy keen. Hey, let's get all edgelordy on that notion. Let's take Bub and um, let's make him a creepy rapist. So, yeah, the guy who's playing the bub zombie in this starts out as a creepy rapist motherfucker who stalks and tries to rape our female lead. Uh, he dies, as all rapists should, but he happens to die right around the time this little zombie thing starts happening. So, what do you suppose happens? Yep, he comes back as a zombie and now he's keen on the rape. He's silly for the sodomy, he's cuckoo for the non-consensual sex. You have got to be fucking kidding me. This might work in some low-budget Italian crap from the late 70s. Hell, we had the uh, incest zombie from Burial Ground. That was a thing. So it's not too out of bounds in that context, right? But here, in 2018, in a film that tries to be some sort of mid-level, typical zombie production with a straight-ahead story, and this was the idea, this was the focus... Hashtag me too the zombie film can fuck the fucking fuck off. It's dumb as fuck. It's an insult to Romero and any great zombie film in general. Hector Hernandez Vicens should never be given another fucking project. And really, he should just be murdered, boiled in oil, and have his fucking fat sold to someone to make soap out of. I mean, it's just... This is fucking the most wrong-headed, stupid idea for a fucking zombie film I've ever seen. How they green-lighted this, I don't know. 
one star out of five. I wish I could go lower on the fucking Netflix scale, but fuck everyone involved in this film. It's crap. No one should ever fucking watch it. And I'm glad Romero's dead so he doesn't have to see this crap. Uh, so there you go, guys. That's the worst film I saw in 2018. It was... It actually was insulting. And now I'm going to take this nice shot of whiskey and cleanse my palate, so to speak. Uh, I look forward to seeing... Uh, well, hearing about all the other crap everyone else in the movie club has uh, watched this year. I'd be very surprised if this didn't pop up on some other people's uh, picks. Uh, so... It'll be interesting to see. Alright, cheers, Duncan. Cheers, everybody else in the movie club. And we'll see you next month. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. What can you say to that? It's always great to hear from my good buddy Lee. It's not great to hear him in pain, though. You know what I'm saying? Never great to hear him in pain. Right? I've tabulated them all in. There, well, there's a, there's a runaway winner for me here. There's no way that I cannot be excited uh, after not only delivering one reviews but delivering two reviews and uh, comparing one of those movies to PCs. But the fact that they're playing with fire, so, well, what, how did they describe it? As Sybil Danning's breasts looking uninterested. That sounds just, I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in the world. Uh, winning the teapots. Bazaween enamel pin is of course our good buddy Mike Patterson. Mike, when you hear this episode, drop me a little line and I will ping you a teapots enamel pin, sir. Thank you to everyone who submitted a review and I look forward to hearing from you all um, again when we do Movie Club in a couple of weeks' time. Oh yeah, bringing it back. Right, I'm going to take a very short break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 134, Challenge Teapots, January 2019. A little bit of movie club listening to your worst movies. Oh, I share your pain, ladies and gents. I share it, I feel it coursing through me. Uh, the sad thing was no one had the same worst movie that I had, which is clearly Selfie From Hell, which is available on Netflix in the UK. Legitimately the worst movie you'll ever see. I trust you right now. All those movies that you've mentioned are masterpieces compared to the fucking train wreck and uh, soulless pit of misery that is Selfie From Hell. But there we go, there we go. That's just my two cents in there. There is a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Please come across, subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support what we do. We're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app. You can jump across to our website. It's tputzcast.com. You can buy some merch, posters and enamel pins from tputzcast.bigcartel.com. You can come across to our social media Facebook pages if you want to interact with people, then jump to the group page. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast. If you're only interested in the show and some live streaming content when it comes back in February for Thursday Thursday, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash teapotscast and you can interact with me and Twin Prongs on social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at teapots cast the podcast under the stairs will be back on saturday with a review of escape room the new horror movie from 2019 
That's right, some new horror content coming your way, ladies and gents. But until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Blowing up the phone line You need to tighten that screw It's been loose for a long time I've been slammed with some bad luck Soon I'm gonna bring you doom with the buck Buck and now you ducked up Goes a rat loose with a 30 off freestyle Labeled hostile by my profile Must be all the madness You and all your tactics Told you for my cash Gotta make the pocket super fat Hey I'm a humble man Kicking out my jams like a tramp Almost sticking like a stamp to this business What's with all the business I get paid to take the microphone And slay the stage
Hutch. Fuck, we're not. <laughs> 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 <laughs>